As God's children, we can always be sure that He hears and answers our prayers when we are in trouble. That's the comforting truth that we hear today from Dr. J. Vernon McGee on Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, holding open the doors of the Bible bus as we continue our five-year journey through God's entire Word. Now, in just a minute, we're going to begin Psalm 17. But first, here's a quick email from Ian, who listens with us from his home in Oakham, England. I am an 85-year-old follower of Christ and enjoying being a part of the World Prayer Team, Ian says. It brings tears to my eyes as I realize that I have brothers and sisters all over the world, separated physically by distance, but all one in the Spirit. I rejoice in all the lovely letters showing how effective God's Word is in bringing us all together in one body in Him. Praise God and thank you all for giving us the blessing that sharing these letters provides. May it long continue. Well, thanks for your note, Ian. It is such an encouragement to hear from you. Now, you can encourage everyone here on the Bible bus, too, just like Ian did. What's your story? What are you learning as we study God's Word together? You know that we'd love to tell the story of God's mercy in our lives, and we know that you do, too. So be in touch with us today. You can email us. It's easy. BibleBus at ttb.org. You can always post a message on our Facebook page. And, of course, you can always write to us at Box 7100, Pasadena, California, 91109. In Canada, Box 25325, London, Ontario, N6C, 6B1. Or leave us a message at 1-800-65-BIBLE. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the goodness that you shower on us. Open our eyes to see the treasures that are found in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. It's time for our study of Psalms 17 and 18 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Now today, friends, our study brings us to the 17th Psalm. And this is a prayer of David, as we indicated before. And it was a prayer that apparently came out of the wilderness experience that he had. That was when Saul and his men were almost upon him, almost took him. And this psalm here reveals the same trust in God that we had in the last one. And in the final analysis, we've said these psalms speak primarily of the Lord Jesus Christ. They also speak of the experience of David and It can also be a prayer for us today because many of us may find ourselves in a similar situation that is in a place of trial, anxiety, or of danger. Now, probably I should remind you again of a new series. These psalms come in series. And here we have, beginning with Psalm 16, that outstanding messianic psalm, and it goes all the way to the 24th psalm. And we find Christ in prophecy now. We find him in the Psalms. After all, it is a hymn book, and the hymn is spelt H-I-M. Now, will you notice as we get into the Psalm, and it's a very wonderful one, Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feign lips. This is, I think, a prayer of David primarily who is in grave danger. And this is a prayer that comes from a man's heart when he is in grave danger. And at this time, he's going to say what he's really thinking, and he's going to tell it like it is. There'll be no, shall I use the common colloquialism, there'll be no put on here, or as the word is here, feign lips. 
That is an insincerity, an hypocrisy. And be sure of one thing, David is expressing his own thoughts here. And he makes that very clear at the beginning. He says, "...let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal." And that is, he's asking for justice from God, that the Lord will measure the thing rightly. And then in verse 3, "...thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tested me, and shall find nothing." I purpose that my mouth shall not transgress. And the very interesting thing is that when he tested David, he did find something. And when he tested me, he found something. I have a notion that when he tested you, he found something. But this now speaks of our Lord. Thou shalt find nothing. I purpose that my mouth shall not transgress. And many of us wish we had a zipper on our lips at time and that we hadn't said such a thing at all. Here is the one that just didn't say something that was wrong. And they marvel at the words that our Lord Jesus gave. Now listen to him as he proceeds here in verse 4. Concerning the works of man by the word of thy lips, I have kept from the paths of the destroyer. And that path of the destroyer of course, is none other than Satan. And because of his presence in the world, that's the reason that God's child should be alert. David was. And today the child of God should be very much alert and aware that we're in enemy territory. David was in enemy territory, hiding from Saul. Well, we're in enemy territory. This is the bailiwick of Satan, by the way. In Pergamum, you remember... The Lord Jesus said that was where Satan's throne was, and he commended the church. I don't know where you are today, but some of us think Satan's throne is very close to Los Angeles, by the way. But when he speaks here that his lips were undeceitful here in verse 1, it's a perfect picture of our perfect Lord, the Lord Jesus. Remember what Peter said, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. And it was said of him who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. And therefore, he says here, let my sentence come forth from thy presence. He was willing for the Lord to balance things off, the things that are equal. Behold the things that are equal. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not asking for justice from God. I'm asking for mercy. I feel like I need mercy, and that's what most of us need today. Now, I wish I could dwell longer on the points in this psalm, but we must move down into it. And as we do, will you notice here, and I'll just read now. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tested me shall find nothing. I purpose that my mouth shall not transgress. Verse 3, what a picture of our Lord. Verse 4, concerning the works of man, by the word of thy lips, I have kept from the paths of the destroyer. In other words, he didn't fall into Satan's trap. We sometimes do. Verse 5, hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God, Incline thine ear unto me, and 
hear my speech. It's a real plea you see in prayer, a pleading prayer. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou who savest by thy right hand those who put their trust in thee, from those who rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wing. And remember that expression on eagles' wings. We have a little book on that, that God said to Israel, you see what I've done to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. What a picture you have where we are placed today in the shadow of thy wings. The Lord Jesus said to Jerusalem, how many times I'd have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her little chicks. Where? Under her wings. That's the picture here. Verse 9, from the wicked who oppress me, from my deadly enemies who compass me about. They are enclosed in their own fat. With their mouth they speak proudly. They have now compassed us in their steps. They have set their eyes bowing down to the earth like a lion that is greedy of his prey and as it were a young lion lurking in his place. This is a very glorious picture that we have here. And he's crying out, you see, to God, I've called upon thee back in verse 6, and thou wilt hear. I'd like to change that a little back there because Dalich translates it like this, As such an one I call upon thee, thou hearest me. Knew that he was heard. And you remember again the Lord Jesus Christ. He identified himself with his own, and he was heard in that he cried out and called to God. We can always be sure, friends, as God's children, he does hear and answer our prayers when we're in trouble. Now, I want to drop on down just a little and conclude this section because we must move along today. And I begin reading at verse 13. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him. Cast him down. Deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. From men who are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world who have their portion in this life and whose belly thou fillest with thy hidden treasure, They're full of children and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And here is this man hiding in a cave, David, and he calls out to God to deliver him, knows that he's going to deliver him, and knowing that someday he will be in his presence. And yet the enemy seems to be so strong and powerful. And today, you and I, as God's children, look out at a world that is against us. It's like the little boy. He was out in a vacant lot playing, and he was pulling at a big old weed that was growing there. And a man went by and stopped and watched him. And the little fellow would pull on one side and grunt and get on the other side and pull. And finally, with one great supreme effort, the little fellow pulled and the roots of the weed gave way, and the little fellow just fell back with a bump. And he sat there just a little shocked for a moment. And the man looked at him, and he says, Son, says that was a mighty great pull that you gave there. And the little boy, he says, It sure was. He says, Because the whole world is pulling against me. And my friends, that's the position of the child of God today. But we have a resource and a recourse 
of coming to God. And that's the way our Lord did when he was here upon this earth. And David, when he was in real danger. What a psalm to help those that are in trouble today, and especially your enemies that are in the world. And most of us, if we stand for God, we've got enemies, my friends. We've got enemies just like a dog has fleas. They just seem to be part of the Christian's life. Now we come to Psalm 18, and here again is another wonderful psalm, and we wish we could spend a long time here. Now, again, many of the liberal expositors have found in this nothing in the world but David's experience. And they've had said some wonderful things about it. Again, I quote from Peroni, and listen to what he says in this magnificent hymn, The Royal Poet, sketches in a few grand outlines the tale of his life. The record of his marvelous deliverances and of the victories which Jehovah had given him. The record, too, of his own heart, the truth of his affection towards God and the integrity of purpose by which it had ever been influenced throughout that singularly checkered life, hunted as he had been by Saul before he came to the throne and harassed perpetually after he became king by rivals who disputed his authority and endeavored to steal away the hearts of his people, compelled him to flee for his life before his own son, and engaged efforts in long and fierce wars with foreign nations. One thing had never forsaken him, the love and the presence of Jehovah. By his help he had subdued every enemy. And now in his old age, looking back with devout thankfulness on the past, he sings his great song of praise to the God of his life. Now, that is all true. That is, I think, the local contemporary interpretation of the psalm. It's actually a duplication of Second Samuel 22. And when we came to Second Samuel 22, I touched on it lightly and said that when we got here to the psalms, we'd deal with it a little bit more closely. It has a deeper meaning than that. Some of the utterances that are here are called bold poetic figures, but they're more than figures of speech. These utterances speak of the Son of God, the anointed one of God, Christ our Savior in his sufferings. And some have labeled this psalm all the way from the jaws of death to Jehovah's throne. Now notice from the jaws of death. And listen to this. We're living in a day when a great deal is said about love, and they think it's foreign to the Old Testament. Notice how this psalm opens. I love thee, O Lord, my strength. When's the last time you told him that you loved him? I think one of the most wonderful things you can do is to tell him that you love him. And I think praise toward God begins because he loves us and he's provided a salvation for us, and he preserves us, then today there is that wonderful providence of God whereby he watches over. And notice what he's called here. First of all, our Lord, he's called my strength. Verse 2, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress, my deliverer. Now, in all of this, he is the Savior, you see. Then he says, he's my strength. Again, he said that in verse 1. And he says, he's my shield, and he's my horn, and he's my high tower. He's my shield. He protects me. He's my horn. He's my strength, my power. You remember David held on to the horns of the altar. 
My, how we need to hold on to our God and our Savior. He's our horn, and He's our high tower. That's a good place for protection also, and a good place to get a vision and a perspective of life. Many of us need to go to the high tower. And I'm not talking about a magazine here. I'm talking about God is our high tower. Here are wonderful names for him. But you know the thing here that interests me a great deal, and maybe you noticed it, is the personal pronoun my. Oh, Lord, my strength. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer, my God. You know, it's one thing to say God is a great strength. God has great power. It's one thing to talk about the attributes of God and say he's omnipotent. My, that sounds big. But the point is this. Can you say he's my strength? It's one thing to say God is a shepherd. David could have said the Lord is a shepherd, and he is. But it's altogether something else. He's my shepherd. Oh, how different it is to be able to say that. I think I used this illustration the other day. I went out to the airport to meet my wife. She went back to get our little grandson so he wouldn't have to ride in a car all the way across the country. And it was during the holiday season. And a lot of little boys and little girls, little folk, some in arms, being carried out. Now, all precious children, I looked at them and smiled. And then all of a sudden, here comes one. He's different, friends. You know why he's different? He's my grandson. There were a lot of grandparents there. And my, how sentimental these old grandparents can become. But there they were, you know, greeting their grandchild. It was wonderful. But there was one of them. He was different for me. And you know why? Because this little possessive pronoun, my. And can you say today, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my high tower. He's my horn. He's my shield. He's my strength. He's my deliverer. He's my rock. He's my fortress. Can you say that today? He's mine. Now he says, I'll call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. And that's what worship is. It comes from the old Anglo-Saxon word, worth, worthy. Worship is that which is extended to the one who's worthy. God is worthy. I'll call upon the Lord. Why? He's worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. And by the way, again, this psalm reaches out and touches the hymn of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Bishop Horn, now I gave another quotation a while ago. Let me give this one from Bishop Horn. He saw in this psalm something else. Let us suppose King Messiah, like his progenitor of old, seated upon the throne. From thence, let us imagine him taking a retrospective view of the sufferings he'd undergone, the battles he had fought, the victories he'd gained. With this before our minds, we shall be able in some measure to conceive the force of the words, with all the yearnings of affection, I love thee, O Jehovah, my strength, through my union with whom I have finished my work, and I'm now exalted to praise thee and those who are redeemed. What a picture. And friends, this just happens to be a song we can join in on. Listen to him now as he goes over that period. And I think this not only recounts the life of David in a limited way, but the life of the Lord Jesus. He says here, The sorrows of death compassed me. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol, the grave, compassed me about. The snares of death were round about me. 
in my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, my God, you see. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even to his ears. And what happened? Well, he responded. And what happened yonder when the Lord Jesus was brought back from the grave? Verse 7, Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken, because he was angry. Angry sinful men had done this to him. And we're told that when that stone was rolled away, there was an earthquake. Now we're in a section where the pronoun changes. And instead of it being the first personal pronoun, which was possessive, back up in the first, it is now the third person, and it refers to the Lord. You see here, we read, "...there went up," verse 8, "...a smoke out of his nostrils." Fire out of his mouth devoured, coals were kindled. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was upon his feet. And he rode upon a chariot and did fly, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. There was darkness when he was crucified, you know. Who did all this? Verse 13, The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice. And that was that voice, you remember, out of heaven, this is my beloved Son. And then again, the emphasis still in this department. Verse 16, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. Now it started off with my. And then it is all about what God has done. Now it's he and me. Now that may be bad grammar, but that's the way it is here. He and me. He delivered me from my strong enemy. Oh, this personal, vital relationship that you and I need with God today. Oh, to come to grips with him, my friend. He brought me forth also into a large place. Need help today? You need a partner today? I want to recommend one to you. He'll never desert you, never leave you nor forsake you. And he says, Lo, I'm with you always even to the very end. You may desert Vernon McGee, but he never will. <laughs> and that's the reason I depend on him more than I depend on you, my friend. And that's the reason you ought to depend on him instead of depending on me. Isaiah says, put not your confidence in man. Now, we have to drop right down to the end of this marvelous, wonderful psalm here. Will you notice it says here, verse 48, he delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those who rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. I think that's Satan. I wish we had time to talk about that. Verse 49, will you listen? Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the nations, and sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. And he extends mercy to us today. How wonderful he is! And the psalm closes on this note of praise to God. Oh, that there might be praise in your mouth and in my mouth, in your life and my life and your heart, my heart today. Praise to God. And we're going to come to a psalm that says, The Lord is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And friends, if they don't say so, nobody's going to say so in this world today. I don't think our country is going to say so. But the redeemed ought to say so. We need some say-so Christians. 
Until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. Are you a say-so Christian, one who declares the goodness and glory of our God? Then you're just the type that we'd like to have supporting us through prayer. You can sign up at ttb.org forward slash pray and join our world prayer team as we travel on our knees asking God to reach into hearts and homes in every nation with the good news of His Son, Jesus Christ. The address again is ttb.org forward slash pray. TTB.org is also the place where you can find Dr. McGee's digital booklet that he mentioned today, and you can download your free copy of On Eagle's Wings at TTB.org forward slash booklets. Or to find out about our other great Bible study resources like our Bible Bus flash drive, you can shop our online store or call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE if we can help you place your order. Again, that's TTB.org or 1-800-65-BIBLE. What are the three ways that God reveals himself? Well, we'll find out in our next study in Psalms 19 and 20. I'm Steve Sweats, and I'll meet you back here next time for another great adventure in God's Word. Today's study is always available, free to stream or download, thanks to the generous and faithful investments from your fellow Bible bus travelers. Just go to ttb.org or download our app to listen again anytime. As always, we'd love to know what's God teaching you.